when you're first starting out, you have that full-time job. I teach people how to do this. Like, hey, I just quit my job. I'm diving into this full-time. I don't recommend that because you can't go out in your backyard today and plant an orange tree and live off of it tomorrow. You've got to cultivate it. You've got to get that thing off the ground. you got to start building a business. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Ash Patel, and I'm with today's guest, Brent Bowers. Brent is joining us from Colorado Springs, Colorado. He was a previous guest on a couple of episodes. So if you Google Joe Fairless and Brent Bowers, the episodes will show up. Brent, we're glad to have you back. Thank you for hey, joining so us. And how are you today? <laughs> awesome, man. Hey, today is Sunday, so best ever listeners, we are doing a Skill Set Sunday where we talk about a particular skill that our guest has. Brent is the CEO of two companies, and today we'll be showing us how anyone can invest in land with little to no money or risk. He is also a land coach for Wholesaling Inc. Brent, before we get into your particular skill set, can you tell the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, my background, I started in real estate in 2007, got my real estate license in 2007 because I thought to be a great investor, I need to have a real estate license. Well, we all know what happened in 2008, 2009. I kind of took a little break from real estate for a few years while I joined the military, went back to school and the military actually sent me to school in 2013. And I started house hacking before I even knew that was a term. I was renting out the rooms and that kind of gave me my start. And then I started wholesaling houses and then ultimately stumbled upon wholesaling land. My second land deal, I created a passive income note of $400 a month. And I was like, this is too good to be true because I just covered my car payment is what I did. And then I did it again and again and again. Before I knew it, I now have 114 notes paying me every single month on vacant, raw, unimproved land. And most people drive by land every day. And they don't even look twice at it. I virtually have no competition. So I've been shouting it from the rooftops. I've been teaching people how to do this and having a lot of fun. You're blowing my mind. So vacant land is somehow paying you. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, dive uh, into that. I got to hear more. Yeah, let's keep it super simple. It's as simple as it sounds, really. What I'm doing is I'm buying the stuff at a massive discount. And it's just like houses or apartments or mobile homes. 99 out of 10 sellers are not going to need your discounted price for your speed and your convenience and all the things you offer. But there's that one out of 100 that's going to need to get that monkey off their back or speed or convenience or they're about to lose it or they inherited it. No emotion tied to it. So we just need to talk to the right amount of people. And before you know it, you have someone that's like, yeah, I'll sell it for shoot me an offer or I'll take $200. And I've gotten land for free that I've made $27,000 profits on. So it's just one of those things. It's so real. We just got to talk to the right people. Brent, everybody says don't buy assets that are not cash flowing. Not only is your land not cash flowing, it's not improved, has no way of cash flowing. How's the money coming in? And that's why I never bought land myself. Honestly, I looked at these parcels of land. I'm like, there's no way I can buy that because I started as a landlord. I just started accumulating rentals. And before I realized it, they really weren't cash flowing. They were paying for themselves. And then every time I got a little bit of a profit, something broke. Something always breaks on a house when you have tenants. You're guaranteed two things in life when you're a landlord. 
to die and to fix things for tenants. So how's my land cash flow? Let me just give you a quick example. That second land deal that I did, I purchased for $500 from a lady that was pushing 91 years old. She was the sweetest, kindest lady. She's like, look, my husband bought this thing 20 years ago. We were sitting on her front porch in Denver, Colorado. Her porch was bigger than my entire house. So I'm not buying from a poor person either. She was educated. She was very well-spoken. And she said, look, it's yours for $500. I don't want it. I've been paying the taxes on it for 10 years now. My husband bought it 20 years ago, yada, yada. So what I did was I wrote her a $500 check for this piece of land. It was not buildable because it was not accessible. Actually, it was encased by state land. So technically, we had to figure out how to get an ingress, egress, or an easement through the state. So there was going to be some attorney and some legal work done there, but I wasn't going to mess with that. But what I did was I went on Craigslist that night when I got home. I had actually stopped by the land, took photos, put it on Craigslist, disclosed everything I knew about it, not accessible, not buildable, 4.7 acres, $500 down. 400 a month. And I sold that property the next day on a Sunday. The guy literally brought me cash and brought me $400 every single month. And that's where I was hooked. I was like, there's no way I can keep doing this. Was that essentially a land contract? Is a 400%. I sold it on a land contract or contract for deed. I had my attorney draw one up and I even offer people mine that I use for free, but I just asked, have your attorney check it out. That way you can use it across state lines. But yeah, that land was cash flowing. And by the way, Ash, I got my investment out of it the next day. My rental that I bought in 2007, I didn't get my investment out of it until I sold the darn thing 12 years later at the same price I purchased it for. <laughs> yeah, a couple of things. I love the analogy with the single family houses because it's fun to do those pro formas, but you don't take into account the plumbing problems, the HVAC going out, the roof leak, even though the inspection went well. There's a lot of what ifs. Right now, you sold this land for $500 and $400 a month. Your car payment is taken care of. You're feeling good. And you want to repeat this, I'm assuming. Yeah, I remember sitting down with my wife and I was like, wait a minute. This is financial freedom. We got to figure out how much we owe each month. And it was almost like $6,000 a month at that time. This was 2016. We're spending about $6,000 a month. We just had our first baby. We moved across the country. So what we did was, okay, what is our water bill? What is our electric bill? What is our house payment? And then each land deal, I would check something else off the box. And before we knew it, it took us almost nine months actually to become financially free. And I was like, hey, I can get out of the military now. And I'm not bashing rental properties. I love buying buildings with my cash that I get from my land cash flow because buildings give me three things. Appreciation, depreciation of the building. So it gives me a tax write-off and then mortgage pay down. So all those things combined create wealth in the long run, but not cash flow for me. They pay for themselves. So at this point, did you pursue additional real estate or strictly land? Well, I did both actually. I really, really heavily pushed the land because my goal was I was trying to hit $100,000 a month in payments coming in for land. I have not reached that goal yet, but I did hire a coach that he actually was way past that. So I paid him to one-on-one coach me and I'm getting there. We're getting closer every single day. I'm not there yet, but yeah, I still bought houses because here's the thing. At the end of the year, they tell me what my tax bill was and I pay a CPA about six grand a year to tell me hey, here's how many houses you need to buy to pay very little in taxes because I would rather buy a house with that tax money than send it to the IRS. Your coach, was he or she a 
land flipper or just a general business or real estate coach? I would say land dealer is what I would put a tag on him as. And he'd been doing this for 20 years. And I think I did 10 or 12 land deals before I hired a coach. I was almost at $200,000. And I was like, there's got to be a way I can systematize this and structure it and turn it into a business. Now I have a team running the whole thing for me. So it's just purely a real business that other right. people are. I'm still trying to grasp my head around this, right? So you use the typical wholesaling approaches, the mailers, the mass marketing. Oh, yeah. And you try to buy land instead of single family houses or multifamily. You hit it on the head. Absolutely. And what's your typical seller? I get the person who bought the land. It's been in the family forever. They want to dispose of it. What other types of sellers do you run into? I run into that seller and these don't have to all be on behind on taxes or out of state. I've had people that live in the same county, the same city that they just want to offload the property. Lately, it's actually really sad to say we've been mailing across the country and some people have lost loved ones that that was their land and they inherited it. Sometimes it was like a husband or wife purchased it. Sometimes the seller is Hey, I bought this land in Colorado. Me and my wife went out to a vacation here 20 years ago. We never did anything with it. We wanted to build a cabin. We actually had plans. I've had sellers just like show me the plans that they had drawn up for like a cabin or a dream second home. Who else? Neighbors that bought the lot next door to them that never did anything with it. They vary. They really do. I get that. A lot of my friends and me included are looking at land to buy just to run four wheelers. Some other guys want it for hunting, but I don't think they realize all the things that come along with it. You've got to keep it groomed to some extent, the taxes, any trespass signs, surveys. I mean, there's a lot that goes with it, right? But on the surface, it's just appealing. Hey, you know, I've got 20 acres to go. Oh yeah. So it's the American off dream. Yeah. It's yeah. the American dream. I sell to a lot of people. That just want that 20 acres to go out and ride those four-wheelers. Now, they weren't all $285 or $500. They've gotten bigger. But yeah, it's totally the American dreams. That's my buyers and my sellers. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes. But first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. Mark your calendars for the best ever conference February 24th through 26th back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. That's besteverconference.com. 
Brent, do you focus strictly on land or do you still try to wholesale apartments and single families? I would say probably seven out of 10 is land. So we pick up deals like mobile homes and houses. We will wholesale them where we'll assign the contract to the house. I try and do like a renovation or a flip on a house once a quarter because those come. This business works hand in hand with houses and land and multifamily. It's just given me the ability to scale on a level that I didn't realize. But it's funny how I ran into land. It actually started with houses and then it kind of flopped more towards land and less towards houses, but the houses still come along. So a little bit of everything. I'm an investor in a 19 unit apartment complex and we bought our office building. So more moving into commercial as well, because you got to do something with the land profits because you cannot depreciate land. So it's really taxed at a higher tax rate, ordinary income. Are there a lot of people doing what you're doing? I don't feel like there is. I still say there's virtually no competition in this business. And I told you why. Same thing with you, Ash. You said land doesn't cash flow. And that's what most people think. And that's what I used to think as well. I love that contrarian approach, man. Go where no one else is going. I'm going to push you for a second. I've tried to convince a lot of wholesalers over the years who've strictly focused on single family homes to go into commercial. And again, my definition of commercial is non-residential buildings. So strip malls, mixed use buildings, medical, and there's just nobody doing that. So for the last 10 plus years, I've been a commercial real estate investor and I've only gotten one postcard where somebody said, Hey, quick cash offer for your building. And I knew it wasn't a mistake because they wrote the word building instead of house. So one wholesaler I've ever come across in 10 years that wants commercial property. So it sounds like people should be looking at land as well. But in the same time, why don't you look at commercial properties? What would it take to get you to dive into that? I actually hired Dolph Del Rue, the king of commercials, yes. to help me. I actually one-on-one, Dolph has helped me one-on-one um, and reach out to Dolph Del Rue, king of cash flow, is mentoring me on commercial. Also, another guy, Ken Van Lu, builds skyscrapers in New York. It's funny you say that because I'm looking more into diversifying into commercial because I love commercial because it's more contract-based and not people-based. That's why I love land because my land buyers don't call me when there's a problem. I call them usually and say, hey, you're late. You now have a $75 late fee that was automatically tacked on because at the end of the day, I love people, but I don't want to deal with people. (laughs) And with my house rentals, that's what the property manager does. But the best part about commercial for me is it's more contract centric, not people centric. Brent, how can new investors get into what you're doing? For the land or the commercial? For the land. All right. So for the land, I just started a YouTube channel about five months ago, and I have a video going out five days a week, Monday through Friday. I highly recommend going to my YouTube channel or going to YouTube and just searching Brent Bowers. But there's a payment. You've got to pay. You've got to subscribe. That's the only way you're going to get to see these videos and they're actually going to work for you. You can watch them, but if you don't subscribe, they won't work for you. (laughs) So that's probably the way I would recommend. Start this with a very small barrier of entry. My first land deal I bought for 285, sold it to a realtor the next day for five grand. It's a realtor. That realtor knew that area. So it's a very small barrier of entry. And that's why I love it so much. My father's done about 35 of these land deals now. I've got my dad doing it. So I can't say enough great things about it. Well, let's take the wholesaler. They search for maybe people that are behind on taxes 
or they look for properties that are not well kept, what can they do to start getting land? Yeah, let's get granular with this. Let's talk about how we can start right away. So in the beginning, I started with the tax delinquent list. Now I'm starting to notice counties are charging for those and they're really a pain in the butt. They like scan this PDF and it's like scheduled numbers or APNs, the assessor's partial number. And you got to put that into the assessor site to get the name and the address of the mailing. And then if it's got a property address and then how big is it? That was a really big pain in the butt for me. I found that there's easier ways. Like you can go to PropStream and download a list of landowners in a county in five minutes. I could even give a link with a free seven-day free trial, and you can go get a list for free right now if you'd like for me to do that. The second thing is you want to communicate with this list. I recommend sending a postcard or an LOL, a land offer letter, exactly sending them an exact offer letter of what you would offer on this land or a postcard just saying, just like you said, hey, I'd like to buy your building, but it's, I'd like to buy your land. If you're interested in a quick cash offer, fair offer, call me. That'll get your phone ringing. And then you can start individually looking at these parcels of land, seeing what the least amount of money the seller would take, and then go and figure out what it's worth by calling a realtor, looking on Zillow, seeing what stuff's sold for in the area, Redfin, another favorite, or landwatch.com. Because I have that all the time. How do you figure out what land's worth? Well, I just gave you three. Redfin, Zillow, landwatch.com. And you want to compare apples to apples, one acre parcel, two acre parcels, or Quarter acre, 8,500 square foot. Compare apples to apples within the same area. If Zillow or Redfin saying the land's worth 10 grand and you can get the thing under contract for 4,500, you now have an asset under contract at 50 cents on the dollar. I literally have a student that just got a piece of land under contract for $95,000, 36 acres in Park County, Colorado. Well, guess what they figured out was on it? A cabin, an off-grid cabin with solar that sleeps almost nine people. He already had the land under contract at 50 cents on the dollar because it's worth almost 200. And it had a cabin too. So you really get lucky when you go out and work every day at this. Can we go over some land parcels that are super attractive? And I would ask you if there's anything you wouldn't touch, but you already touched a property that had no access to it. So (laughs) I'll still ask it. Is there anything that is off limits when it comes to land? No. If it makes a profit, if I can get it at a crazy discount and or I can change the zoning or kind of like with commercial, you change the zoning, you could probably pay a little bit more. If I can figure out a way to make the profit on the land and it doesn't take a ton of work, I'll do it. I don't generally like subdividing or changing the zoning and I don't like cleaning up junk cars. I will answer one thing I won't touch. I'm not going to touch environmental issues. I don't want to mess with environmental stuff. And I haven't really run across too much of that. What if you buy the side of a hill, a steep hill? Would you buy it? Heck yeah. I mean, I have a friend that bought a piece of land. It was a cliff. He bought it for like nothing. Well, guess who's renting it from him? Someone out in Hollywood, they film with it. So he didn't even have to sell it. And then what's really in demand? You know what's really in demand lately? Buildable infill lots, things that spec home builders or developers can build on. Also, what's in demand recreational land where where people can go just outside the city and park their camper or their RV and go camp with their kids, create memories, get out of the city, not go to Disney World, but we're going to go on a camping trip because COVID really changed the land business for me. I remember we didn't even know what COVID was. It was February. I purchased a lake house. We come home in March and what is this COVID-19 thing? I was like, oh my goodness, we just spent almost all of our money on this lake house. 
my land buyers are going to stop paying. And one stopped paying and actually we just modified his loan. And then I actually had a lot of land inventory for sale. Then about April and May, we sold it all because there was just more of a demand. What's an example of where you did not make money? On a piece of land? (laughs) I got a little cocky on my first five or six land deals. And as Tony Robbins would say, when you're winning, when you're making a lot of money, you're partying. When you lose money, you ponder. So I was actually an army officer. I was working 12, 13 hour days, had my new baby at home, wanted to spend time with my wife. And I was doing these land deals left and right. When I can get a chance away from the army stuff, I would take my lunch break and I would buy these lots. I kind of bought a few of them right off the bat. I wasn't running title searches. I wasn't doing owner and encumbrances. And I didn't realize what a treasurer's deed was. Basically what that is, is I'm sure you know, Osh, but when someone's not paying their taxes, there's something called a tax lien investor and they come in and pay them for you. Well, if you pay them for enough years, it becomes deed eligible. And then you can foreclose on that property and take it from that seller. Well, I bought a few of those as well that came on treasurer's deeds. And then when I turn around to flip them, my buyer was going through a real estate agent and I listed with my realtor, we figured out, oh, there's a cloud on the title. Well, on one particular property, I was able to pull it off on most of them and still make money by offering the seller financing. Seller financing and buying at a massive discount gives you the biggest margin of safety you'll ever realize. It gives you such a buffer. But this one particular property that I purchased with a treasurer's deed, didn't do a title search. And it sounds so stupid for me to say it, but in the beginning, I was I can't mess up. The county says it's worth 35000 It's assessed at 3300 I'm paying half the assessed value. I can't mess up, right? Well, this one particular parcel, I didn't even go and look at it. I just knew it was in a great area. We'll come to find out it was like a huge crater in the ground, plus the treasurer's deed. And I finally did sell it for exactly what I paid for it, but with owner financing. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to start your own syndication business, or maybe you've tried, but you've been unable to get your first apartment deal? Well, it's hard. I know firsthand getting started in syndication is not easy. So have you considered working with a mentor? Imagine working one-on-one with a full-time syndicator who can help you do your first apartment building deal faster, help you avoid big mistakes, and scale your portfolio. If you feel like I'm speaking to you right now, then I want you to check out the mentoring program from my friend Michael Blanc who specializes in helping people get started with apartment buildings. I've known Michael for many years now and he genuinely wants to help people become financially free. He developed a proven system and has helped hundreds of people do their first apartment building deal. I know he can help you as well. To find out more, text the word Joe, J-O-E, to 66866. I know Michael's going to take care of you. Go ahead and text the word Joe, J-O-E to 66866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind and let's get you started with your own apartment syndication business. Deals and money. We are constantly seeking deals and money as real estate investors and I bet you're having a challenge right now, 
especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success in real estate. And follow-up boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals or you can follow up with your investors and you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The follow-up boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Follow-up boss offers experts seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial, twice the length of the normal trial for a limited time. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. I think a lot of us have that humbling experience and I think we need it because when things are going well, it almost feels like everything you touch turns to gold. And I had people say that to me and I actually believed it and I had the same humbling experience. So that's very valuable. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So somebody's starting out and they're contemplating single family homes, multifamily, maybe they have a full-time job. How do they start with this? Can they just get on Craigslist, get on the MLS, try to find land, call the sellers and try to negotiate a deal? No, I say when you're first starting out, you have that full-time job. I teach people how to do this. Like, hey, I just quit my job. I'm diving into this full-time. I don't recommend that because you can't go out in your backyard today and plant an orange tree and live off of it tomorrow. You've got to cultivate it. You've got to get that thing off the ground. You got to start building the business. So what I recommend is pick your playground. That's your area. I started in my own backyard. It was a two-hour radius. So I could get there on a weekend if I needed to. So I picked that area. Then I went to PropStream, and I started pulling the entire county land list. And then I went to Zillow and Redfin and Landwatch, and I wanted to see where the volume was. Where is the land selling the most? What size? And then I noticed it was a certain size. And then I went after that first. This was after I exhausted the tax delinquent list because that list is so small. The tax delinquent list, you run out of it very quickly. So you can start there or you can pull an entire county list and the tax delinquent will be in that county list as well. And then start mailing them that postcard that I talked about. Get your phone ringing, return those phone calls on your lunch break or in the evenings, and then have a great call with those sellers, listen to them, understand what's going on and solve their problem. At the end of the day, it's not about us buying land at crazy discounts. It's about solving that problem for the seller. And usually it's the land and then getting it under contract and either assigning your contract to a builder or developer or buying that thing and selling it on Craigslist or Facebook or with a sign. Like I sold so many of my parcels of land with signs and I moved a lot in the army. So I had a lot of boxes at home Well, I couldn't afford the signs. So I would write on these boxes and staple them to a tree or put them on a stake. So as soon as it rained, my box was trashed, but I sold so many parcels with free boxes that I got from moving all over the country with the army or all over the world, honestly. 
Yeah, very underrated. Craigslist, Facebook, and signs. Amazing what they can accomplish. And on Facebook, not only marketplace, but hit the local towns. Get onto the pages of what town your property's in and engage with the residents of that town. That helps a lot. So right now, industrial is on fire. Two of the biggest landlords in the world are operators of industrial or logistics land. Are you doing anything with that? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Okay, let's push you again. So anything near airports or intersecting interstates where there's a workforce, super hot. We've done a few deals near airports and interstates for large multi-million square foot industrial buildings. And these large companies often don't have the resources to go out and scout their own land. They rely on others to bring them deals. So might be something for you to look at. That's incredible. I actually just watched Amazon build a 20 acre building right outside the airport in Colorado Springs. So imagine that land seller, how happy they were. (laughs) Yeah. And how hot it is. Amazon now has realized that they're making a lot of landlords very wealthy. So they're now getting into buying the land, building their own infrastructure and keeping it on their books versus just leasing it. So yeah, man, I love your story. I can't imagine where you're going to be in six months. So let's keep in touch and see what you're working on later on. What else do you have for the best ever listeners? What advice on getting started? First off, thank you so much for that tip as well. That's amazing. That's worth millions of dollars. And that's going to lead me into the answering your question right now, Ash. Between you and I, we just talked about so many things that can create a millionaire in the next two, three, four, five years. It's just take action. You've got to take action and do it. At the end of the day, you can listen to a thousand podcasts if you don't take action. And how do you take action? When do you take action? How to take action? Well, time block it. Put it on your schedule. When I got to get something done, I block out my schedule. I turn my phone off, turn my email off, delete Facebook off your phone. Don't scroll, create. Don't consume, create. You've got enough knowledge to go ahead and pull the trigger. You've got all the answers for today. And tomorrow's answers will come to you tomorrow when you need them. So just take action. I love that. And your time blocking and leave your phone away. I just started separating myself from my phone and you do it in baby steps. Walk out of your office and leave your phone behind or leave it in the kitchen while you go into your office. And it's amazing how free you feel. So start out with five minutes, right? You think, oh my God, what if I miss a call? Well, okay, not that big of a deal. And then go 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and you'll be amazed how you can unleash yourself from your phone. Oh, great advice, man. Digital noose. I used to call it a digital leash, but I think it's a digital noose. Monday, I filmed 20 videos for my YouTube channel. I did them all in one day and I didn't look at my phone from nine to five. Well, most people think, oh my God, it's going to take me forever to get caught up. Well, you know, I was able to return all those calls and all those text messages from nine to five. It maybe took me 20 minutes. Yeah. And the world didn't collapse while you didn't have your phone. (laughs) No, no, exactly. And 20 minutes, but think about it. What if I would have answered it and checked it and replied all day long? That would have kept that text message communication going. That 20 minutes turned into an eight hour day. I love it. Brent, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? Find me on YouTube. You definitely got to subscribe though, as well as if you're interested, I thanks for mentioning I'm a wholesaling ink coach, head on over to wholesalinginc.com forward slash 
land. If you're interested in booking a call with me and my team, we'll, we'll see what your goals are. If you want to jump in the land, I'd be honored to coach you. Brent, thank you for a great conversation today. Starting out in 2007, going into the military, house hacking, and then just accidentally getting into land and going full speed ahead on it. What a great story, man. Thanks for sharing. Thank you, Ash. Best ever listeners. Thank you for joining us and have a best ever day.